the comic book pit. Okay. This is Dan with a new episode of Comic Book Pit. This is Comic Book Pit episode number 260, the big 260, and <clears throat> brought to you by me. It's me again, me by myself, uh, but that's cool. Still plenty to talk about. And if you're listening to this, then the Thor Ragnarok movie has just come out. And I was fortunate enough to see it uh, a, f- a few days before it was uh, set to you know set to release officially. Um, we had seen it a uh, screen uh, a screening at the Pittsburgh Mills Cinemark, which was pretty awesome. And we saw it in 3D, which um, I'm not usually a big fan of 3D. I could you know. It's not my preferred, it's not my go-to, you know, movie-going experience, but it was fine. Um, I'm, I'm not going to um, really spoil anything other th- than to say uh, I, I just love the hell out of Thor Ragnarok. It was probably, you know, in my mind, one of the top ten Marvel movies Right, um, yeah, definitely. I say one of the top ten Marvel movies right now. Um, definitely um, up there as far as the Thor movies. Now, you know, the first Thor is, you know, I like the first Thor movie because it, you know, it was it sets everything up and introduces all the characters, and it's fine. Um, Thor: The Dark World, not my favorite movie of the Marvel. Um, you know, all the Marvel movies. Um, but Thor Ragnarok really just steps it up a notch, and with the addition of the new director, uh, I believe it's uh, Taika uh, Watiti, who brings a completely different approach, different mentality to the movie. Um, lots of humor, but not in a, you know, not in a slapstick way, uh, similar to a uh, first, like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, felt very natural. Um, you know, it didn't feel like anybody was, so, you know, so out of character that it would, you know, was un- not enjoyable. Because I, you know, we've seen in other movies, both Thor and Loki, you know, kind of hamming it up a little bit, you know, especially in some of the Avengers movies. Uh, Thor is definitely, you know, played for some comic relief, you know, Chris Hemsworth has some, um, you know, he's, he's got some comedic chops, you know, he can, 
and same with, and, and and Tom Hiddleston, same with him. I mean, they're they're both you know pretty good actors, and I think they can both handle comedy pretty well. And um, from I also read this uh, and heard it that a, a good portion of the dialogue in this movie was actually uh, improvised, and I believe the same. Uh, could be said for the very first Iron Man movie, and so it, if you think about it that way, just how natural and how fun and real, you know, just kind of down to earth the dialogue sounded in the first Iron Man. You know, just imagine that for Thor Ragnarok, and like I said, there is definitely a lot more uh, humor. You know, but there were also some serious moments too. There, you know, it wasn't a, um, like I said, it wasn't a slapstick joke a minute romp. Um, you know, it, it it had its um, its serious moments, and um, you know, we got to see uh, some great returning characters, um, the Warriors Three, uh, Anthony Hopkins reprising his role as Odin. Um, uh, we get a cameo from Doctor Strange, which was pretty cool. Um, and then the the newcomers, uh, Kate Blanchett as Hela, was just I mean, she was. Well, I'll just say this: I, I can say this across the board for every every actor, every character. It just looked like everybody was having just a blast making this movie. That everyone was just having fun. And just embracing the the sci-fi fun weirdness of this movie, and it was very, very Kirby-esque. You could see so much Kirby influence in this movie; it was unbelievable. From the colors to the designs to the action, um, you know, it just screamed Kirby. Um. Oh, but anyway, uh, going back to Kate Blanchett as Hella, she was really good, very menacing. Carl Urban as Scourge the Executioner, while not a huge role, um, you know, he he played his part very well. Um, Jeff Goldblum, of course, as Grandmaster. Jeff Goldblum at his Jeff Goldblumiest. <laughs> I mean, what what can you really say about Jeff Goldblum? I mean, he's he's just great. He pretty much plays himself, but it was great. I mean, who doesn't love, you know, space alien sci-fi Jeff Goldblum? It was awesome. Uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie was great. And, of course, you know, last but not least, Mark Ruffalo reprising his role as uh, Bruce Banner. And the Hulk had a had a big role in this movie. Um, I think this is probably the most Hulk we've seen in any movie not, you know, outside of an actual Hulk movie. Um, but in, like, the Avengers family of movies, I would say this is probably the most Hulk we've seen out of all of them. So Hulk fans, get ready to be happy because there's a lot of Hulk in this, and it's really great. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say he's chatty, but he does... Um, we get a little bit more of a 
of a talk of, you know, talkative Hulk, you know, because Hulk and Thor are kind of going back and forth a little bit. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't say enough great things about Thor Ragnarok without really getting into the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, I would just recommend that everyone, everybody see it because it was just probably one of the most fun movies I've, I've seen in a while. Um, oh, and of course you get the, you know, you get the obligatory Stan Lee, um, appearance, which was funny, of course, but you know, the few minutes he was on screen. Um, oh, uh, Clancy Brown does the voice of Surtur, which was pretty cool. And, and you have to, you have to look for it, you know, probably by, by the time you go to see it, if you haven't seen it yet, you might have, you know, heard from, seen it online or someone may have spoiled it for you, but cameos also by Matt Damon and Sam Neill from, you know, so there's kind of like a mini Jurassic Park reunion between, you know, with uh, Sam Neill and Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, although they don't, they actually don't share any screen time, so it's, it's a little misleading, but, you know, it's just kind of fun to uh, see these actors who, you know, haven't really spent any time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to just have these minor cameos. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I like I said, um, go out and see it. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed unless you don't like fun. And, um, yeah, and if that's the case, I don't think we could help you. But, um, you know, but speaking of Thor and moving on to some comics. So I've been trying to get back into, you know, catching up with Marvel. Um, I, I really have let, you know, I, I kind of let Marvel go by the wayside because I was not really interested in any of the events that have been going on over the pa over the year, past year or so, like with, you know, Secret Empire. I just decided to wait until the dust settled and I was going to just kind of jump in and see what looked interesting. So, uh, of course, I picked up the Mighty Thor number 700. Now, you might think, number 700? What the what? And, yeah, if you hadn't heard, Marvel, uh, after the events of Secret Empire and Marvel Legacy, Marvel was going back to its original numbering, and that's that. And that's fine. I'm, I think a lot of people are happy with that because it, you know, restoring the numbering kind of, I don't know, it makes me feel better about the, the history and the, you know, the, you know, everything that's come before. It's like that it hasn't been erased, even though I know, yes, it's never going to be gone because the physical issues are still there, but there's something to me, there's something about having that high, you know, those high numbers. I, I th it just shows something. And everyone, you know, has a different opinion about it. That's my opinion. I like the high numbers. It kind of makes me feel, you know, feel good about, you know, a comic that has been going for this long to have that kind of longevity and to still have, you know, the fan support and, um, you know, it's still going. So, anyway, uh, Thor 700, Mighty Thor 700, 
this was just, uh, man, talk about it, like a, a who's who of of creators. Uh, first of all, well, written by Jason Aaron, and you know, I think in the last episode I was just going, you know, pretty much practically gushing about how much I love Jason Aaron's work in Marvel in general. But specifically, his work on Thor over the past five years, it's kind of hard to believe he's been writing Thor for that long, but he has. Um, it, it's been just nothing short of, of amazing. I mean, I think Jason Aaron's runs on Thor are going to, you know, they're going to be up there with, you know, with Simonson and Kirby and, I mean, you know, the kind of the, the greats, I think, his... His Thor runs um, should be counted as some of the some of the best Thor comics of the modern age. Um, so this is a so this is you know aside from being a milestone issue and it's double sized, um, you know so Jason Aaron is writing and he's he's joined by just I mean like a who's who of just really. Um, great artists. You open it up, and the very first page is kind of a splash page of none other than by uh, Walt Simonson doing the classic Thor, the Thor from you know from the '60s all the way up until um, you know he changed looks like in the '90s or early 2000s, where you know he. His winged helmet, his long blonde hair, his red cape, his you know tunic with the with the discs on it, with the circles, and his blue pants and yellow and black boots, and I mean just and he's you know it's just like a classic Simonson pose of you know uh, Thor flying you know wielding Mjolnir and and it's like wow you don't get much more Thor than than Walt Simonson um, drawing it, but it's um, you know it's actually strangely enough it's it's kind of a good jumping on point because even though there's kind of been this story that's been going on and this story um, takes part of that, it also sets up the status quo for what's to come. Um, and there's this uh, War of the Realms that's been going on, pretty much orchestrated by uh, Malekith, who is the uh, the ruler of the Dark Elves, which is kind of a, you know, it's, they, they tied that in a while ago, I think, when the second movie came out. But there's a... There's a series of stories uh, across... basically across space and time, and it might seem like they're all short stories or short vignettes about the different Thors because you get um, the uh, Jane Foster Thor, you get Thor Odinson who is currently like the unworthy Thor um, you've got um, like old man Thor who's way off in the future um, you've got young Thor who you know, he, where he's adventuring kind of with the Vikings before he's deemed worthy to wield Mjolnir. Uh, you've got Frog Thor, 
believe it or not, which was cool. I haven't seen Frog Thor in a long time. And all these stories, they, they tell, they, they still tell independent stories, but they all manage to tie together. And it, it might seem kind of haphazard, but it actually, it's amazing how it works. You know, in, in the process of telling all these stories, you know, Jason Aaron, he kind of establishes the new status quo that, you know, it's both exciting and possibly potentially kind of grim, but it's, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm back in, I'm definitely back in for Thor, and if, you know, if, if you've always been on the fence, or maybe, you, you know, you're not sure if Thor is your, your thing, um, even though this is kind of a, a double-sized issue, and I think it was like five ninety nine, um, it's worth it. It, uh, I forget how many pages it is. It's, Um, it's a, it's, it's basically 50 pages for five ninety nine, and, and again, like I said, aside from getting some really stellar writing from Jason Aaron, and the, you've got art by Walt Simonson, um, series regular Russell Dodderman, Daniel Acuna, Becky Cloonan, Chris Burnham, Joel Thompson, Mike Del Mundo, and, um, Olivier Coipel. I mean, it just really doesn't doesn't get much better than that as far as comics go. And so that's uh, yeah, that's my feelings on on the Mighty Thor number seven hundred. It's something that I would highly recommend to anybody. Um, like I said, you don't have to be a Thor fan, even if you're never, like, you've never been really crazy about Thor, because a little bit of, you know, for me, growing up reading comics, I really never liked Thor, um, you know, in his own book. It was always, I found it very, um, I don't want to say, really use the word intimidating, but that world, those characters, they never resonated with me, they never spoke to me in any kind of meaningful way, I just never, never went in for that type of storytelling, you know, with the, then you had, of course, like some of the flowery language, the these and the thous and the forsooth, and, um, you know, growing up, that just wasn't my, my bag, it wasn't really until they returned Thor to kind of, uh, you know, it gave him a new status quo with J. Michael Straczynski and Olivier Coipel um, a few years ago when I, I jumped on and I really enjoyed that book. And then I read that for a while. And then I heard a lot of good things about Jason Aaron's run. So I jumped on with that. And that was that, the, the, that first those first 25 issues of Jason Aaron's run that for like the, it's a complete series. 
was uh, again nothing short of just <laughs> majestic. I mean, just like a, a master class in storytelling and and art. Um, so you know, this is coming from someone who is really historically has not been a fan of Thor, Asgard, Loki, Odin, all of it, but. You know, I've really come around over the past couple of years, and I'm kind of, yeah, make, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into, uh, into the Thor. So, you know, give it a shot. So, kind of switching gears and going to another, <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of like another blonde-haired, bearded, uh, warrior uh, from an ancient land might sound kind of similar to Thor but I have caught up on the first eight issues of Exo Manowar from Valiant Comics or Valiant Entertainment I should say and I believe I reviewed the first issue a while ago when it first came out and um, this is a this is the new series their second volume I think the first volume went 50 or 51 issues, and I did, I started reading that when it first came out, and I lost track, and then when this second volume with Matt Kent came out, it sounded like a good jumping on point, starting over from, you know, fresh with number one, so I, I jumped on, and it was, the first issue was pretty, uh, um, you know, pretty standard stuff, you, you find... Um, Eric of Dacia, who was the wielder of the Exo Man of War armor, who is now living a simple life uh, as a farmer on this alien world. Um, <clears throat> kind of hints of uh, like Old Man Logan going on here. He's kind of grizzled. Um, he wants nothing to do with war, with battle. He doesn't really talk about his old life. He's missing a hand. Um, he's scarred. He's just, you know, and there, the planet he that he's currently on, he's he's taken up with a with an a woman, an alien woman, and they live on a farm. And again, they just live a, a simple life. They're happy, and um, there are these three warring tribes on this planet, and you know, being a former you know, a, a, a leader, um, have, having been to war, having gone into battle, he could kind of see the way the winds were shifting. So he, um, you know, he, he has long since buried his exo armor, but he, in the middle of the night, he goes out and he cuts part of it off and fashions it, fashions it into a ring. Now the the exo armor is kind of, uh, I guess, similar to Iron Man's armor, where it's, at this point, it's kind of sentient, it talks to the wearer, and, but in, in this case, Eric and the Exo armor kind of have this weird bond, and as much as Eric does not want to wear the armor, he doesn't want to go into battle, he realizes that he... You know that, that he may need it, and 
the armor even says as much to him. You know, he says the, the armor says kind of creepy things like, you know, I'm here if you need me, or that doesn't sound like you, Eric. Is everything okay? It's just, you know, it's a little weird. Anyway, uh, so he he fashions a ring out of a piece of the armor. I think as a way to keep a tether to the armor should he need it. And sure enough, the next day he's conscripted into one of the armies. And to the, but he's not even given, you know, he's part of this group that's not given weapons. They're basically considered cannon fodder, like just a living shield for the real soldiers, not realizing that Eric himself is a formidable warrior. So as the story, this, the just a lot happens in these eight issues, where he goes from soldier to you know he proves himself as you know he goes beyond his station as cannon fodder. Um, he goes from soldier to like kind of captaining his own squad to you know leading missions and you know he he's kind of becomes a general in the in, in one of the armies and then it gets a little muddy at some point because again there are th- these three warring tribes and you know Eric realizes that just because he's fighting for one tribe doesn't necessarily mean they're the good guys and he he sees what you know his army or his emperor has been doing doesn't quite agree with it so he's you know, he's trying to broker a peace between the tribes. And, you know, but, but he goes, and then so he goes from, like I said, from soldier to captain to general. And then by the time, by the eighth issue, you know, they're, he's practically leading his own army made up of different parts of the different tribes. And he takes the very city that he was originally fighting for and dethrones the very emperor he was fighting for. And so now we've got this, this, you know, in sh- eight short issues, this brand new status quo where he's now, um, you know, uh, he's a, he's reigning again, you know, at, like, because in the, when the first volume of EXO, I believe he was kind of a, you know, he was, quote-unquote royalty um his father or his uncle was some sort of um reigning leader some sort of emperor or conqueror and so now he's eric is back to that and it's it's really interesting how everything has kind of come full circle and yeah it's just it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been very interesting um pretty good you know like good storytelling good art um uh, part of the th- part of the story that got a little muddy aside from the the different tribes and trying to figure out you know because they're all alien tribes so trying to remember which alien was which tribe and then his um his squad or his team that he first is you know um kind of assigned to work with uh they they stick with him throughout the course of the story because they come to see him as a 
valued leader and a friend and someone that they could trust and they stick by his side um, I never really know who's who in uh, in that on that team or in that cast of characters because um, yeah you just kind of lose uh, the you know kind of it's like you need a who's who every time you read the book to figure out because you know just saying you know Eric saying one of their names like doesn't help I'm like uh, I don't remember who that is again um, and sometimes the art uh, the, the art while it's it's kind of kind of torn while it's it's actually it's very beautiful but it's also um, again it's it's there's one human that's Eric and everyone else is an alien that looks you know even the the ones that are of the same race that's that have you know the artist will make look a little different with a different hairstyle or a different facial marking or or something it's it's not enough to to really distinguish one alien from another so as long as you don't let that frustrate you, I would still check this out. It was, um, like I said, it was a lot of fun. I, I think they're, I would say, I, th I think the first two volumes are already out in trade paperback. Uh, I've just been catching these up on uh, single issues. But it's, you know, if, if I have a regret as a, as a fan of comics, and it's that I, I don't, keep up with with Valiant enough um, Valiant they always seem to put out be you know putting out some really good comics and I just it's one of those um, I don't know if you know it's, I guess it's a good problem to have that, that there are so many good comics out there that you want to read that you just can't read them all uh, I think that's a case here I probably should try and make an effort to read more Valiant, and that's kind of why I wanted to pick up EXO again, and I, I started it, for, even though I had already read the first couple of issues when they first came out, I just started from the beginning, reread everything, it didn't take very long, and it wasn't, you know, wasn't a uh, strain or anything, it's it's like, it's reading comics, it's, it's not doing long division. Um, so, anyways... Exo Man of War, like its first eight issues, I'd give it a thumbs up. Definitely something to check out if you're looking for something new. Good jumping on point. It's a lot of good sci-fi action, uh, some political and military intrigue going on, um, and it's kind of neat to, like I said, you you know you, you watch this this guy go from, a, a, like I said, a you know, foot soldier, cannon fodder, all the way up to, you know, the the emperor is it's pretty cool, a lot of fun. So check it out. So um, I'm gonna switch gears real quick and go back to Marvel and a book that just came out last week. Yes, last week. Another. Another Marvel Legacy book. We've got Captain America, 
number 695 by the <laughs> one of my favorite creative teams probably in the last 10 years Mark Wade and Chris Somney uh, these guys did a, a great job when they brought Daredevil back and they they did a, a good job with uh, the Black Widow series although I didn't finish reading that that's that's one that's on my list to go back and read but you know um, Mark Wade and Chris Somney they just work so well together so when I heard that they were coming back and bringing Captain America back, I just, I thought this is, yeah, this is going to happen. And um, Mark Wade, he's no stranger to Captain America. You know, he's he's written Cap at least one other time, if not more. So I, I kind of felt like Captain America is in really good hands, especially coming off the, you know, the Secret Empire event where, Captain America's reputation was basically tarnished because, according you know, to the public at large, a Captain America fake or wannabe or whatever uh, imposter had plunged the country into chaos, and real Captain America has, you know, came back and stopped him. But you know, now he's kind of got his work cut out for him, and that's kind of the where this story picks up is. He's doing his um, kind of a road trip across America to to right wrongs and to and to rebuild his tarnished reputation. Um, so so six ninety five picks up. Um, you know, it, it's telling. It, it kind of tells two stories. So issue six, when issue six ninety five picks up, it actually tells a story from the past where Captain America had um, saved this small town in Nebraska from this this some some random it's kind of like some hate group, some hate mongering group, and the the town was so just so enamored with Captain America, and you know they that he saved their basically entire town. That they had voted to change the name of the town to Captain America, Nebraska, and that every year they have a big Captain America festival, and uh, so <laughs> it's kind of funny. There's, you know, it, it's 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 really. Uh, I think it's in a way it's a little it's a little meta because it's you know it's everyone who wants to capture that spirit of Captain America, both in comics and in and. In real life, you know, it's we're going through some tough times around now in this country, and you know, it, it feels right to have Captain America back. And I'll be honest, there were a couple of times reading this where I got chills. I got legitimate chills seeing Captain America standing up for what's right, um, you know, fighting um, these this hate group and. And he's in his, you know, it's and he's in his classic Captain America uniform, which is it, it's so. I can't tell you how amazing that is for him to be back in his classic uniform. You know that it's not some some put together, you know, or something that looks like his movie costume um, with the the belts and the straps and the 
the padding, it's it's Captain America with you know, with his red buccaneer boots and the wings on his forehead on his um and the wings on his on his mask and just just doing what Captain America does and that's you know, and that's protecting the innocent and the weak and but not only that but um inspiring people to do the same that you don't you know just telling people you, you know you don't have to be 7 foot tall with super soldier serum and a vibranium shield to be important or to be a hero you know you just have to you just have to you know the strong protect the weak that's the rule and and that's what they say in the book and and it's you know Wade doesn't go overboard with the you know it's not preachy it's not ham fisted it's it's very the, the the tale is the the story is very elegantly told um not only from like the story and dialogue but from the the art as well i mean chris somney's art is just you know he's perfect for this because it's just he always does a clean line and it's 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 not overly rendered. It's just good, straightforward comic book action, and but you know Cap, he's not like some muscled gargantuan. I mean, he looks like, you know, he could be a regular guy, but he's just he's just out there kicking butt and you know slinging his shield around and just just generally being awesome. And the um, time. And I don't mean by making it look old or weathered or like a Norman Rockwell painting, but the the colors were a little flatter, a little more just solid colors. And again, the same with Chris Somney's art, where it wasn't over rendered. It wasn't like all kinds of Photoshop effects or shadings or airbrushing or whatever. It just looked. It, everything looked clean and good and sharp and it was just perfect for for this book and i uh, like the mighty thor i'm all in for captain america as long as this team is on it i'm in and i can't uh i can't wait for the next issue to be quite honest and you know, it, it's been a while since I've been really excited to to read Marvel comics. You know, I've kind of um, lost interest in the past year or so. But you know, Marvel's kind of hooking me back in with with um, some of these books. And you know, I, right now, again, in this day and age, I can't think of a better comic to really be excited about than Captain America. So. Uh, Thank you, Mark Wade. Thank you, Chris Somney. Thank you, Matthew Wilson, for delivering an excellent book. Uh, similar to Thor, this is definitely one you can just pick up. You don't have to have read Secret Empire. You don't have to have known, you know, 40 years of Captain America um, history. Um uh, this is just it, it's a single issue it has a beginning a middle and an end 
it's no, there's no to be continued. There's no last time in Captain America or last time, you know, in Secret Empire to understand what's going on. It's a single issue. Pick it up, read it, enjoy it, and uh, go cap. So that's all I'm going to talk about for right now. Um, hopefully we're going to get a full crew back on the podcast pretty soon. And, but until then, you know, you can still check out old episodes at comicbookpit.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for comic book pit. Don't forget pit is with two T's. We're also, uh, you can message us at comicbookpit at gmail.com. You can call us at 412-450-0CBP. That's 412-450-0CBP or 0227. Um, let's see. Oh, and we're also, um, as of a few months ago, we've, We've um, become part of the Sorgatron Media Network. Sorgatron Media is a local uh, Pittsburgh company that produces uh, podcasts, offers podcast like media services, podcasting, video, um, you know, uh, things like that. Anything media related, Sorgatron Media is there to assist, and you can find our show and other really good shows at sorgatronmedia.com and I think that's all I can think of right now so I'm going to close it up here this has been episode 260 of the comic book pit podcast and we'll see you next time